Welcome to the LBC podcast, where we explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Joel Lapierre, and I'm the high school director of Lorgan Bible Church. And uh, we are doing things different right now, going through Zoom, and got a few people with me right now. Right now, we have Chris Moore. You say hey hi. Hey, guys. Good to see you over the camera. There you go. And then we also have Pastor Eric with us. You say hi. Hello, church family. There you go. And then we also have uh, Kyle Lapier, my dad, with us, who's recording all this right now. You say hi, dad. Thanks, Joel. All right. Awesome. Uh, I have to swivel back to Chris and just roast on his um, headset <laughs> a little bit. It looks like he's uh, – it's a unique headset right there. It looks like you – are a gamer of some sorts like do you play Fortnite or is this madden or what kind of what's your game of choice here well i was i thought that's what we were doing i thought we were gonna game together oh, okay. but okay. we're gonna we podcast know. instead so which is better anyways yeah this isn't hey. twitch hey for what it's worth i think chris looks really cool <laughs> i'm true. jealous over here <laughs> yeah what do you, you got the huge setup i'm really jealous of your setup are those beats yeah man i'm just trying to hear i'm getting old and uh, trying to make sure my voice sounds a little bit better. I need all the help I can get. And so we've worked hard, and we're going we're gonna to do the best we can. Yeah, nice. Speaking of doing the best we can, so, um, yeah, we're on Zoom right now because uh, we want to do our best to communicate to our church family. And uh, we had full-on plans to meet up in the podcast studio to – um, to film and to record and all that, uh, but it looks like things have changed a little bit. So now we're on Zoom filming from our own home. So it's going to be a little bit different, but we're excited to do this with you guys. Um, just one thing, just want to ask for Eric before we get into everything is uh, uh, you've been on quarantine, like self quarantine. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. Since you come home from Uganda, uh, how's that been? Well, I wouldn't know since I went to Kenya. Uh, but my, my self quarantine has been extremely awkward. Every time I see one of my kids, I go and I'm like, Oh, back off. And I, and I can't hug them. And, you know, you see your wife and you're like, ha, Oh, you know? And so it's just very weird, but I'm trying to be safe and follow the rules. I have not left the house and, uh, we've tried to follow strict rules here to keep everybody safe and, uh, everybody healthy. Nice. Nice. I'm, so I'm guessing you haven't really been too big of a help around the house then, huh? Yeah, that, that's debatable, you know. I think <laughs> I boost the morale around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that, that plays an important role in yeah. some things. And um, I've been known to be pretty good with a disinfectant wipe. So, okay. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you using so. those wipes on yourself or are you, you using those wipes <laughs> on, your, on your house? Yeah. Both, you know, most of the things I come into contact with, I try to disinfect so that we're, we're safe. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, before we jump into the questions, uh, Eric, I know you wanted to give us a little bit of update on just the state of things right now and just your desire to, to um, still be the church and to gather yes. as a church in some form. So you want to give that update for us? Yeah, I just want to say to our church family that uh, we are committed to communicating with you, walking with you, uh, loving you the best we can, while at the same time abiding by the rules. Uh, we want to obey the rules and the ordinances that have been laid out because we want to keep people safe. 
and we don't want to be a possible harm to anyone else. Um, but we also love our church family and want to communicate with them and walk with them the best we can. So uh, we just uh, ask for your grace as we try to figure this out and uh, do the best we can to love you. Awesome. Also, let me throw in that uh, Pastor Roger has set up a team uh, with the Journey class to help love the seniors and help serve them and make sure they have food. If anyone wants to be a part of that team, uh, they can contact Pastor Roger and say that they're willing to get groceries or uh, there's various things uh, that Pastor Roger set in place. Great. Do you think the best way to contact him would be at his email? Email, yeah, church email. If you have his phone, text him. He's pretty savvy with text. So text or email. His email is listed at the church website if uh, people are looking for it. Great, great. Um, also, uh, what, what does uh, Sunday morning look like? Um, could you give us a little bit of info on that? Yeah, as of right now, Sunday morning looks just like this. So <laughs> we're, we're working to possibly add some other elements. Uh, I just don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Uh, but we are working hard uh, how, to, how to work all these things together to create a somewhat of a normal worship experience. Uh, pray prayerful that people will gather around as a family. Uh, Chris has worked hard to work the sermon with the kids so parents can ask kids questions. Uh, I know John's working hard to figure out how music and worship can be a part of it as well. And so, and then we got Kyle. Uh, in here to help tie it all together. And so we're praying that it'll all come together so the church can have a, uh, a worship, time of worship through singing and hearing God's word like they normally would, just through a different platform. Great. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, you know, you, you want to do this podcast, um, and we've kind of talked to this a little bit, uh, you know, with the staff about how, you know, what, what's, what's going on right now with you know, how our community is responding to everything. Um, and, you know, what are some of those questions that uh, we all have really in a time like this? And so that's kind of the, uh, the discussion that we want to have is just um, to ask, ask those questions. What are, we, what are we going through? What are we thinking through um, as a church, as, we, as Christians, as we think through um, this pandemic and just everything that's going on? So we have a bunch of questions for you, Eric, to ask and Chris and I are going to Sounds ask. great. Yeah. Sounds so, great. Uh, yeah. So let's start off. Uh, the first question for you, uh, what does the Bible say about pandemics and the end times? Uh, is there any indication that these are the last days? Um, so great question. Yeah heavy, um, yeah. heavy hitter. Way to start off strong. Um, but let me first say that is a great question, but that's also a question that's been asked um, for many generations. Anytime there's been a war or sickness, people have all asked the same question. Is this the end? Is this the end? And so to, to answer that question, we got to go to the scripture. And I think Jesus is very clear uh, that only the Father knows when that day will be. And you look at Matthew 24, Luke 12, uh, the advice to us is very clear. Be ready. Um, be ready for that moment you know um jesus gives the example of a thief coming in the night uh that you if you knew the thief was coming you would prepare your house um, but like a thief in the night no one knows when uh god will send his son we also see that jesus gives the parable uh as the church as the bride of christ and that the father uh has to give permission to the son 
you know, that we are the spiritual building, the spiritual house that is being built up. And when the father declares that that house is ready, he will send his son to claim his bride. And only the father knows when that time is. So that parable uh, is very helpful as we walk through that. And so I think the key for Christians is be ready. Um, We don't know. And Jesus could come back at any time. So we want to have our relationships in the best possible order, uh, you know, in our marriages, with our kids, with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, our friends that we've reconciled. We've reached out to the people we feel um, don't know Jesus. So being ready means that you're doing your best that if he were to come, you wouldn't have a bunch of things undone, a bunch of loose ends. Uh, Does that answer the question, guys? Or did I leave something? I think so. And I think it's what everything that you're saying is just, a, you know, in thinking about the pandemic, it's, it's a reminder that, that, you know, that, that God's in control ultimately. And that, you know, this is actually in a, in a way to remind us that you know, we should always be living out in this way. We need to be always ready for um, God to return. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's important to be people that, that people are reminded of that. So yeah, thank okay. you. Yeah, this is good. So I'm thinking too, now that we have extra time on our hands, we have a lot of time to think. So (laughs) I know for me, I can get in my head a little bit, but so that's probably going to be a challenge for families. So what are, how do we keep a ourselves, parents and our families encouraged um, during this time? Okay. So this is going to be an important principle um, that God's word has to be our guiding principle. Um, It's very hard when our feelings are so raw and overwhelming and you're trying to process these feelings at an unprecedented rate because the the rapid change that's in front of us and so god's word needs to be the tool the measurement the guide uh this you know what synthesizes our thinking and so some of the scriptures i would turn to to help calm my heart when this is so crazy is you know you want to read things like romans 8 38 we can never be separated from the love of god and so even though we're not able to function in our normal ways, uh, I, mean, I went through this with my kids last night. Can anything separate us from the love of God? Even when there's these sicknesses and illnesses, is God's love not present? And it's just amazing what a childlike faith is like. No, you know, it's so definitive. Mm. And that's true. And we need to remind ourselves and remind our kids. Uh, and we also need to know that, hey, this is our opportunities as Christians to model what we see in the Bible often is that God is bigger than circumstances. Circumstances won't change our love, our affection, our faithfulness to God. Now that doesn't mean we're not scared. That doesn't mean we're not anxious or uh, that we don't have some trepidation of what the future holds, but it does mean we take that and we go to the father and we acknowledge that he's bigger, he's better, he's greater and that we trust him. And that through each turn, we're going to try to model that trust follow relationship. And it's also, I think, a chance to be with our families in a way that we might never get. I mean, you're being told to stay home, you know? And so it's a a chance to spend time with your kids that you might never have, you know? A chance to be a part of their their homework, their fun, their learning, um, discipling them in a very intimate way. And they get to come to you as their resource of, how do I think about this? How do I handle this? You know, and create memories that will last a long time when they look back, man, we were together for so long. That was so much fun. I remember when we did this, I remember when we did that. Um, So take advantage of this time with your family 
And also, you know, point to Jesus. Point to Jesus constantly uh, to trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, that's Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Um, but need not be not wise in our own eyes. And so we really want to demonstrate what it means to trust and follow Jesus and trust that he is sovereign, he is good, and show that to our kids. And also, hey, take this time to have fun, you know, with your kids, with your, with your spouse, and just enjoy that time. And, you know, some of the essentials is to remember God is sovereign. You know, Isaiah 45, 7 says he forms light and he forms darkness. Nothing's outside of his control. Um, God loves you. He sent Jesus to die, pay for your sins. That's, that's huge. Nothing changes that reality. Um, fear God, not death. Um, stay prayerful. You know, read things like Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He's leading and guiding you through this process. He's not caught off guard. And also, I would say connect with other Christians over, you know, media mediums you know, connect with them, encourage them. How are you doing, brother? How are you doing, sister? Hey, I love you. We're praying for you. Do you have food? You know, if I, if I end up being able to actually buy something from the store, do you need anything? You know, how can, how can I help you? And, and take that time to stay connected in the ways that we're allowed to stay connected. You know, it looks different, um, but we want to stay in contact to know that, hey, I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you. We're trusting God together. We want to be a witness to our, our friends and family that aren't Christian. And so I know that was a long answer, but I, I think those are the various things we can do to be encouraged and reminded. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. This is a great opportunity for families to, to really dig in in the discipleship and you know, imagine sometimes feel as a parent, I'm not even quite sure I'm fully trusting the Lord or I'm a little scared and having to, to kind of work through that with the Lord and then, and then teach your kids as kind of you're, you're learning that yourself. So it's a, uh, this is a good opportunity for us. Chris, that's a great point. I, I think sometimes we miss an opportunity to tell our kids like, you know what? I don't know. <clears throat> and, and that's hard. And uh, I'm praying through it. And, you know, you don't have it all together. And to let kids see that, but let them know you're pursuing the right thing, which is trusting God, which is being obedient. Um, you're pursuing what it means to be an obedient child of God. And let them see what pursuit looks like. You know, that includes failure and success. Right. I agree. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Um, yeah, I also think, you know, during this time um, when we see so much suffering in the world, I think oftentimes this, this kind of makes us question God's goodness. A lot, a lot of things about God, God's love, God's sovereignty in all this. Um, and so a question for you, uh, how can I know that God is good during this time when, when there's so much mass suffering um, from something like this? How, how do we know that God is good during this time? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a question I get a lot. I think the first thing we have to remember is that by nature, God is sovereign, which means he's unchanging. So there it's never that he's 50% good, 80% good or 20% good. Um, he's not temperamental and he could blow or change at any moment. He is constantly good a hundred percent. So if you had a graph and on the bottom on your Y axis, I think that's the Y axis and it says our behavior. And on the X axis, it says God's attributes. There's no correlation to our behavior or if you were to put circumstances, circumstances, 
that would change his attributes. So what that means simply is he's 100% sovereign. He's 100% good. He's 100% just. He's 100% wrath. He's 100% patient, 100% kind all the time, all at the same time. And so that, I think that's sometimes hard for us to wrap our head around is yeah. that God's goodness is never conditioned upon anything. Um, that would make him not God if he was dependent on, on circumstances or us or uh, if things were outside of his control. And so God is absolutely sovereign and he's able. And so then that really puts more of the emphasis on us. Can we say that God is good in these circumstances? Because he is whether we feel it or not. And so it's looking through those truths of the Bible that God is sovereign. God is good. He says he's unchanging. And can we trust him in those moments? So I think when you look at you're given an eternal gift in Jesus, that you have eternal life, that gift is never absent from you. That gift is always yours. So any suffering or any, any uh, trepid times or tragic times it, it is only a moment. You know, the Bible is very clear that life is but a vapor. It's but a mist. Um, but our time in heaven is eternal. And that gift, eternal life, beats everything, you know? And so that's one thing we can look at and say, I still have that gift. Mm -hmm. Even though it's hard here, I have that gift. So he's always good. And it's up to us to pray through that and, and, and get to a place where we can acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. You know, that might look different for people journaling down um, what God has done for them, you know, how he's been there for them, how he's been faithful, who he is. And, and maybe even journal how you failed. And when you hold those two up, you're like, oh, man, this is me. This is him. Wow, he's good. He's sovereign. And sometimes it just takes us comparing those two things. And, you know, you also want to look in the Bible for people like Joseph when it says, when, you know, he says what man meant for evil, God meant for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so you're looking through in Genesis 50, what is a long, long famine. You know, this is years in the making that just looks evil, evil, evil. And all of a sudden, Joseph comes onto the scene and it's like, wow, look at what God was doing the whole time. God's good. And, and sometimes we can't see that in the moment, uh, but we have to let things play out that God is always good. Yeah. And he is to be glorified. So uh, those are some hard principles. Uh, but, I, but they're true, you know, and we know that if we draw near to him, he draws near to us, what we see in James. So uh, I think that's to answer the question the best I can. Uh, anything you would follow up with that or does that, that sound good? I just think what, what was good about what you pointed out is, you know, man's perspective versus God's perspective, and especially like seeing that's the story of Joseph. And just yes. you know, from, from our perspective, it's easy. And, you know, I was even, I was, talking with the uh, the youth group on um wednesday psalm 121 you know where it says you know I, I look up to the hills you know where does my help come from my help comes yeah. from the lord and i think the idea when i look up to the hills and it just reminds me you know when i look across the horizon and and everything that's going on if i look at the news if i look at the world right now like it, it looks from man's perspective it looks all bad um, there's no good. God is, you know, not in control. God is not good. Um, but you know, from God's perspective, he's, he's got all this in his control and, and, yeah. you know, 
even during all this, we can trust him in that, that he's good. Um, yep. So. And you could see that throughout time. There's been plagues and sicknesses and wars and tragedy. And uh, God was always faithful. He always is. And he's worthy of our trust. Yeah. yeah Amen to that. So I, I think in, about millennials and uh, just in general, people's anxiety levels, even yeah. without like this pandemic tend to be higher. You got the 24 hour news cycle constantly being bombarded with information. Um, so what can people do uh, to kind of deal with anxiety that they might be feeling through all this right now? Yeah. So there's kind of two, two sides to this anxiety thing. There's people that have maybe a chemical imbalance that have a, an anxiety no matter what. And that's things like this are going to trigger it even more. And so they're going to have to really battle to be prayerful, to remind themselves, what do I know to be true about God? Um, who is he? What do I know about that he is sovereign? He is good. He loved me. He sent Jesus to die for me. He's been for me here and here and here. And kind of allow the truth to affect their heart, to affect their feelings, and to be vigilant in that process. Uh, maybe from minute to minute to half hour to half hour to hour to hour, reminding themselves who God is, what he's done, and how he's loved them. And, to, and just kind of condition themselves what's a true versus a lie. Now, is that going to kill the anxiety? Not always, you know, sometimes, but not always. And I think the best what we can hope for is to calm the anxiety through being in constant contact with praying. Uh, that's why you read Philippians 4, 7. that says, you know, rejoice always. You know, and again, I say rejoice and do not be anxious. Um, so what I think is going there is you're taking anxiousness, you're handing it over to God and you're remembering who he is and you're rejoicing. So you're focusing on what you do have and who he is and you're handing over what you can't control and you're handing over what you're worried about. And you see that transition in Philippians four, four through seven. And then I think the other side of it is, you know, uh, what are you filling your mind with? Mm. You know, and, there's a tendency for the news and the media to sensationalize this and it can really mess with your head. You know, for some people I would recommend not uh, hopping on social media, not listening to a bunch of news because it just winds you up, you know, and then to that effect, the Bible says in, in Matthew and Luke, like how does worrying help the situation? You know, who can add an hour to their life through worry? And that's why it's very clear. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. So, mm. you know, seek first Jesus, you know, who he is, what he said, and, and, and pursue him, you know. And so you got to be careful. Who, who, who are you inviting into the inner parts of your life? Are they speaking negativity? Are they constantly attacking you? Are they constantly, you know, um, just bombarding you with stress? And so you might need to kind of tune some of those things out and be careful how much you allow to come in. Uh, but you got, you got to be focused on God's word. What does it say? What's God's character? What did Jesus do for us? And that often sometimes takes other Christians dialoguing with us and drawing us back to his goodness and his greatness. And I think if you keep that at a healthy, consistent level. That's why it says pray, pray always, you know, which really means pray in all situations, but be fervent in prayer. Talk to God, go to him, ask him to take this. And you might have to keep giving it and then taking it back and keep giving it. 
um, but stick to the process. This is who he is. I can trust him. I know what he's done um, and stay the course. That would be my advice. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you brought up Philippians four cause uh, I, I tend to be naturally anxious. Um, yeah. So like, you know, verses eight uh, through like 10. Um, so after we've kind of cast our anxieties upon him and then he says, then, then think of something else. So whatever's yes. true, honorable, whatever's just so that, I agree. It's, so let's not feed our minds with the things that are going to make us anxious. Let's feed our minds with the things that are going to build us up, you know, and, uh, Amen. That's a that's great awesome. addition, Chris. Great, great catch there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it says, but in everything, uh, by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Yeah. So let those requests know, God, I'm struggling. I have anxiety and I want to trust you and it's hard for me. And it says next, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, what you see your heart and your mind is you need to feed your mind the truth and help it feed your heart that the peace of God might protect you, mm-hmm. that He's sovereign, you can trust Him, He's not caught off guard, He knew from the beginning. We don't know exactly what's going on and why. But that's not our job to know why. It's our job to trust. Mm. And he has proven he is worthy of our trust. So, yeah, great verse to go back to. Yeah. Good stuff. Great. So, Eric, as I am looking out into the news and looking over social media um, and even in my own experience right now, uh, it seems like everyone's life is a little turned upside down. Um, And, you know, it's kind of like we're putting pause on a lot of things, whether that's our job or, um, you know, school. I mean, there's a lot of my high schoolers. I mean, every school really in California is shut down. And so there's a lot of, a lot of kids out um, that are home. Um, basically, we, what I'm trying to say is we have a lot of time on our hands now um, Yeah. to kind of just figure it out. Like, what do we do now? And so, um, and obviously we can't spend, you know, 20 hours on Disney Plus. I mean, you know, Disney plus is right. great, but it gets old after you know, about four hours, trust me. Um, and so, yeah. So what do we, what do we do in this time with, with all this time on our hands? What, what are we supposed to be doing as Christians? And, and, and really in that, how does that, um, how does that help us in our, in our walk with Christ and to have joy during this time? What are we supposed to be doing? Yeah. So, um, let's, let's kind of reiterate some things we've already mentioned. We want to pray. We want to go to God. Um, that's why that Philippians verse is so amazing because it, it says, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So come to him with everything. Come to God constantly. You're talking, you're talking, you're handing over. Help me trust you. Help me love you. Help my mind be sober. Uh, guard my heart. Guard my mind. Help me make right decisions. So you're doing that constantly. You know, and then you read Matthew 28 and you read that we're called to go to the nations, but to what? To bear witness, right? And so part of bearing witness is that we are faithful. We love God despite circumstances, despite discomfort. And so modeling that faithfulness to God, you know, when you read stories like Job, uh, you know, Satan goes to Job and he pretty much says, if his circumstances changed, he wouldn't love you. He wouldn't be faithful. And you see how his love and commitment uh, aren't 
altered by circumstances. So you want to read stories like Job. You want to read stories like Joseph. You want to read books like Daniel that talk about when governments come in and Christians are challenged and you, and you, and you see people standing and um, being faithful to God and seeing what God does and how God's glorified in those instances. Uh, you want to read Psalms, right, that go through rejoicing and trusting, but they also go through lamenting and sorrow and uh, how God's people aren't, uh, you know, they can't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not, they can't ignore those things or they're not able to, those things are still going to happen to us. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, we're still going to have sad moments. We're still going to have sorrow, but what does it look like to turn it over to the Lord in the Psalms? Uh, also, I think, you know, Ruth and there's, there's lots of books in the old Testament. Um, there's great things in James. There's great things in Philippians, great things in Ephesians. I mean, they're all good. So you want to read from there and see how did God's people trust? You want to see what are the imperatives? What are the, uh, what are the encouragements that we are to trust God, be faithful, uh, even when it's hard? How do people in the Old Testament, New Testament deal with this? You know, read Paul. He pleads with God to take his thorn and his flesh away in Second Corinthians, and, and God does it. And he says, well, then may God's grace be sufficient. And I think that's what you're trying to do, is find a way to say that God is sufficient. The, the grace he has given me is sufficient. You know, and I think of John Piper when he says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. And that is just a beautiful statement that if we could find a way to be satisfied in God uh, with this current situation, he'll be most glorified um, because there's lots of people going through panic and shock and awe and they don't know what to do and to say that I am content that's what paul says in philippians whether he's brought high or brought low he's learned to be content in all situations mm -hmm. it speaks to who god is that he satisfies and that even though we don't know the future we trust god so uh, i think that's uh kind of covers some areas of what you do witnessing praying uh reading uh you know encouraging one another there's there's lots of things i think we can be doing to help uh, do what God would want us to do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I think about just what you were saying reminds me of like the, the Westminster uh, catechism. And the first question is, you know, what is the chief end of man? And it's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And, Amen. you know, <laughs> it's such a simple statement, but it's, it, it's like what John Piper said. Um, and yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. And we can live that out now. And that's, you know, if you're struggling to have joy in this time, um, you're not going to find joy by, trying to, um, you know, numb the, the anxiety with, you know, social media or Disney plus or any of those things you, you need to go and enjoy God through his word and, um, through prayer and, and communing with him and, and with God's people. Um, and so I think that that's super important and just, I'm just saying that to reflect everything you've said, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks absolutely. For sharing. Yeah. Yeah, so Eric, is, is, Satan, is Satan attacking? Yeah, that's like a loaded question. So let yeah, me be very, very delicate is that, you know, Satan does attack. And First Peter is very clear that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. And, you know, this is a time when Christians could be seriously attacked because they're not trusting. They are struggling. 
And, uh, but also we see at the same time that Satan came to Jesus and he, he tried to tempt him. And how does Jesus handle that? He communicates God's word back to Satan. And so you can look at that in Luke chapter four, verses one through eight, and just see that Jesus quotes the old Testament to Satan, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. And so he, he's very faithful to speak truth from God's word to Satan. And I think if that's a method Jesus used, we should be open to that too, is to speak the truth of scripture. And also, you know, to see that anything Satan does, uh, if I could get my hand free here, is within God's control. Satan is not outside God's control and, and, and God can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? So he's within that circle of control. So, and that's very clearly seen in Job, which I'm excited to walk through next week with the church family. Uh, but just see that, you know, Satan pretty much has to have permission. He can't, God can stop him at any time. So everything is within God's control. So that should not scare us because that means, hey, if God's allowing it, he's still with us. He still loves us. And we need to trust him through that hard time. Um, if we really do feel like we're being attacked, that we attack back with scripture. This is what God's word says. No, I will not do that. God's word says this. I will love him. He is sufficient. Whatever that accusing um, thing is getting at you to not love him, to not trust him, to turn to something else, whether that be alcohol, uh, medication or something, uh, to, to talk, maybe turn away from the scriptures, turn away from God is to come back to the Bible and say, no, God says he's faithful. God says he loves us. Uh, you know, Romans 8 says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Um, God is loving. God is good. And attack that with the truth of Scripture, which is what Jesus did. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. All right, last question for you, Eric. I know we've asked you a lot. Um, this one's kind of about homeschooling and, um, it seems like, you know, parents and, you know, you know, moms and dads, their, their, their kids are home now. And, um, that's going to, that really presents a huge, um, you know, issue with, uh, trying to keep school going for your children. And so, I, you know, I don't have children myself, but I can imagine that is, it's really difficult and I'm sure you guys can speak more to that. Um, but the question is, how, how do you homeschool your kids? Like, how, how should that happen? Yeah, after I answer this, I'd love Chris to hop in. So, Chris, be thinking while I'm talking. Um, first of all, I am not a mom. Uh, but I have been able to observe and listen and hear a lot of the questions. And so the first thing I would say is, uh, don't be too hard on yourself. These are uncharted territories. And if you're really struggling, odds are you didn't sign up for homeschooling. You're kind of dealing with this. And so there's going to be some trial and error. You just got to know that. It's going to be trial and error. And if I've learned anything with my kids, you got to know it's going to vary on the kid on what works. You know, uh, some kids you can push like, hey, let's get it all done right now. Right. One day, knock it out. And you have the rest of the week to hang out where another kid is overwhelmed. And they're like, that's too much, you know? And so they're more of a small chunks. Give them, give them things in small chunks and just get at that slowly. Um, and I would say you kind of got to figure out like what works for you, what works for your kids, what works for your spouse. 
um, you know, breaking it up in chunks, doing it all at once. Uh, and I would also say this, you know, have recess, have fun, try to make things fun, you know, try to be creative and have fun with your kids. And I'd also say this, dads, get involved, you know, help. You don't have to be a math genius or a reading genius, but just put some effort towards your kids and, and try to help them. Don't put all the burden on the mom, you know, dads need to share in that burden together. These are our kids and we're going to work together and try to, you know, set boundaries and rules and try to follow them and adjust as needed. And bigger than that, I would say just pray, pray a lot, ask for mercy, ask for grace, ask for wisdom, ask for discernment, communicate with your kids, you know, tell them you're trying to figure this out. You're not perfect. You need them to work with you and you know, you're not perfect, but you're going to keep trying and we'll keep working because these are the circumstances we got to work with. Uh, but bigger, most of all, I would say is don't set too high of a standard. Don't compare yourself to other families. Um, you're different. Your kids are different. Just keep grinding with your kids and your family to try and find a way that works for you guys. Right. Yeah. I, th I think that's the big one, Eric, is uh, just not putting all the pressure on yourself. And, yeah. you know, I, I was thinking, and I, I think I had this mindset corrected yesterday because I thought like, oh, cool. The, the homeschool parents or homeschool moms, they're going to knock this out of the park. But I, I was chatting with a mom yesterday and she said, it's still different because it, there, 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 there is still pressure even on the homeschool moms who are used to doing this. And um, so they've had to make some adjustments. But the main thing that she told me was just don't put the pressure on yourself. Don't set really high expectations. Try to make this an adventure. Try to have fun. And I think for us dads, this is a really good opportunity for us to step in and lead and uh, take advantage of the time that we have. And, and maybe we're going to make mistakes. Maybe we'll fumble through it. We don't know what to do. But just just jump in there but uh yeah i and you said something earlier on the on our talk about you know this this is going to be a memory because this is way out of the normal for us and yeah um, it's uh, we can create some really cool memories um during this time so um but uh and, and also on instagram i'm noticing that you know moms and people are posting all kinds of tips and tricks and um, yes. so i think there's a wealth of resources out there and I'm hoping that we can kind of help with that too um, soon with moms. Um, but there's a lot of resources and it's definitely a good opportunity for us as moms, as parents to really make sure we're connecting with each other and helping each other out with that. And, um, but yeah, the, just not putting the pressure on us is, is a big deal. I agree. Can I add too, um, you know, this is a really great opportunity as, you know, families are going to be home together a lot more um, to, you know, really start to work on family discipleship and worship together as a family. Um, and I know Chris would endorse this book because we've been talking about it a lot lately, but uh, the New City Catechism, it's a really great resource. Um, it's basically like where you just ask a question and there's an answer and a scripture and then there's a little bit of commentary. Um, it's a really great book. Really encourage you to get this book. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I... I have the smaller version of that and I read that with my kids in the car. They read the question, they answer it and I say, okay, what did you guys just read? And sometimes they can rattle off. Other times they're like, uh, I have no clue. We just read, you know, yeah. they can barely pronounce the words. And so it's been fun. Yeah. And, uh, my, my girls call it the God book. 
And so they say, Daddy, can, can we get the God book out? And, and can we read that? I'm like, absolutely. Uh, let's do that. So it's been fun. It's been really neat. Yeah, that's great. And it's something that, I mean, you know, if you don't have kids, I, you know, Anna and I read this book together. Um, and so it's, it's not just for kids, it's for adults too. And so um, it's a really great way to just, um, you know, kind of center your mind on some really important questions about God and who he is and about our faith. And, and, and I love that there's scripture and commentary that's attached to it. It just gets our minds focused on, on God and how we can worship him more. And so um, I think that's a great way for families, especially in this time where it's just, you know, you, uh, we have to, you know, focus on our children more and discipling them on our own um, without, um, you know, being able to go to church on a Sunday morning. Uh, it would be a great way to, to do that with your children and with your family. So, yeah. Well, cool. Um, anything else, Eric? Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I'll just conclude with this, that um, I would encourage all the people in our church to uh, obey the ordinances that were set out by our government because we, we do want to be safe. Um, we don't want to harm others or bring harm back into our houses in the form of the virus. And so join us in, in being obedient, but also making every effort to communicate with each other, to walk with each other, and to love each other and encourage each other as the scriptures call us to, uh, but within the context of, of following the rules. Uh, I praise God that we have all these social platforms that we can engage in this way and we can see faces and we can hear voices um, and, and try to help some of that isolation. Uh, but we also want to be respectful of what we've been asked to do, um, but also pursue excellence with how we love one another and how we glorify God. Yeah, great. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for um, doing this. Um, it was a pleasure. It was fun. It was new. Um, and, and hopefully we're going to be doing more of these, right, Eric? That's our goal. We're going to figure this out and do our best to communicate with the church family to encourage them and equip them through this time. Great. Awesome. Can everyone wave and say goodbye? Bye. Bye, guys. It's good to Bye. see your faces. Yes, it is. Uh, All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone who, uh, who watched this. Um, you guys can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, it should be up on podcasts as well. Uh, we'll make sure that we have that. Um, and, yeah, just stay tuned. We're, we want to get content out to you and equip you um, and, and really partner with you because we love you guys. We love the church. We love you, LBC. And so stay tuned for more, and uh, we'll see you next time.